Welcome back, folks, to Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler, and we are kind of at the end of our Image Of series. Just sort of something spontaneous I did uh, because it's so intrinsic to my mentality and the way I, I go about research and just the way I go about life in general. The Image Of, you know, not just what something is, but what it represents the kind of emotions it evokes in us regardless of whether or not it's real um the reasons we might feel the need perhaps evolutionarily even to invest in these things whether it be ufos or loch ness monster or a variety of conspiracy theories um or belief in god or demons uh there's there are embedded reasons that we're drawn to these things and that all humans have been drawn to these things throughout history. Uh, and conspiracy theory is no different. Politics is no different. You know, Plato himself was talking about this. It's been, and you could rest assured it's been uh, discussed uh, well before his time. But, you know, the whole idea of the philosopher king. Uh, those fit to rule do not want to usually. And those who do want to rule are not fit. Uh, and that it really it is how I feel about politics. Uh, you know, I'm at the point, w before I, I get into that, this is going to be one of the only episodes I do about politics. I said that uh, the UFO episodes would be very few and far between, but they will be at least around here and there. You know, I'll at least be asking some guests. Uh, but politics, I don't. If, if there's ever a time that I'm going to go into conspiracy theories, it's going to be esotericism and sifting through fact and myth. You know, something like Freemasons, you'd have to go into conspiracy theories. And I'll probably do that at some point. Uh, but it won't be focused on conspiracy theories. We're not going to be unraveling a theory as an episode. Um, and... You know, I really won't have a whole lot of politics involved with this. I said at the beginning of uh, the whole series that it wasn't really going to be a thing. And it's also going to give me an opportunity to sort of get some stories out that I think are worth listening to, if nothing more than for a certain amount of entertainment value, but also just contextual. Uh, I think it'll help you understand me more. It'll help you understand uh, my point of view and drive some points home that I think are not considered enough. So first off, let's start with this. The idea of the conspiracy theory, you know, I, I do have some personal relationship to this. I wrote for The Last American Vagabond, which is a site at least some of you, I'm sure, will um, recognize the name of. And it was, it uh, still is, it was independent journalism, um, nonpartisan journalism. So it, before the time of... Uh, you know, I remember being, I, I wrote for like three years, and I remember midway through the uh, my my term there, essentially, uh, there was a, a dramatic shift, uh, and that's when people started tossing around ideas like fake news. Um, and, you know, that was even closer to the end. I'd say I spent a solid two years doing it, and right when Trump started uh, going about his uh, campaigning, you start hearing fake news more and more, and it really and that and that's when Pizzagate broke out, and that became a whole thing. It was weird to watch the transition, to watch people um, veer so hard into half baked ideas and theories, um, when it, with examples like Pizzagate, and with half baked leaders and theories, with examples like Trump. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I think that human trafficking in politics is something as old, nearly as old as the idea of politics in and of itself. Uh, just the idea of seeing people as a commodity and sex being one of the commodity, the sub commodities of, of people when you're looking at it from a psychopathic point of view. Um, it just, it, it, the logic follows. Um, politics, you can't get politics without looking at people from this sort of collective point of view. And that doesn't have to be, you know, commodities like the negative end of that spectrum, but it's all the same sides of the coin. 
or different sides of the same coin, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll get into that, but it, it had, I mean, where do we even start? I think I should just explain some of my time with the Vagabond uh, before we get more into theories themselves and why I think people are so interested in them. Um, I started out just sort of uh, just another writer that Ryan Christian hired on. Um, I was paid like 10 bucks an article eventually. Um, I didn't even start out getting paid anything, nor was I looking for that. And I was uh, 18 at the time. But, you know, I took my time with my writing um, and I had already done a lot of writing. So, I, you know, I still had to cut my teeth quite a bit, but uh, I got in there and, you know, we wrote about uh, just, you know, WikiLeaks and Anonymous and uh, foreign policy. You know, it wasn't all as flashy as WikiLeaks, but, you know, and then we further got into, you know, we tried to be, and I, and I think we did do a, a, a pretty reasonable job of writing the line between looking into outlandish conspiracy theories and not giving, not letting the, uh, the inertia of just the, like the hype of ideas uh, crumble us. You know, I think some people just get so excited by a conspiracy theory that they get sold at a certain point. And we were always conscious of not doing that. And it was me, our buddy Tim, and the uh, um, the editor-in-chief, uh, who has always been the editor-in-chief, uh, Ryan Christian. He's the guy who started it all. And, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Ryan and the Vagabond. Uh, the reason I ended up leaving was because I wanted to start writing this book, uh, Dive Manual. And... I also had reached this sort of apex in my life where I found that conspiracy theories were a projection of something greater. Because somewhere down the line, I had started researching more and more philosophy for the website, and there was like a spirituality and philosophy section on the Vagabond for a while that I that I just sort of helmed. And I, I started going further and further down that rabbit hole. Uh, esotericism, mysticism, comparative religion. You know, I started reading Carl Jung and Manly P. Hall and getting deeper into uh, my own personal existential crises. That's And that's the kind of stuff I talk about in Dive Manual. Um, not exclusively, but it uh, it is brought up a bit. I started to realize that conspiracy theory encapsulated a certain amount of emotion. Um, and I think that some of this is going to be a little boilerplate, but it's... It, it's worth going through um, the idea that, you, you know, people have said that conspiracy theory, an interest in conspiracy theory is indicative of like a mental illness or something. Well, not exclusively, but I think that's pretty obvious, right? People with obsessive compulsive disorder, they have to know the truth. Um, you know, there's a, the antisocial disorder, um, people with borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia there's a lot of emotional pull uh, behind mental illness um, that we all kind of experience in one degree or another. I'd, I'd be surprised to find anyone that really had everything all clear cut. I think that's something that society is starting to learn more and more is just that no one uh, shouldn't be working on themselves in some way. And, you know, with the advents of the internet, I think that there's some really strange obviously unprecedented collective projection going on where um, for me I got to a point where you know firstly I was tired of the dangling carrot of you know the the news headlines and, and the politician standpoints uh, and even what conspiracy theory was next I was tired of the dangling carrots because I mean there's there's no denying the fact that uh, whatever it is, CIA or FBI, probably both, uh, both have a, a, a well-represented uh, part of their administration dealing with disinformation. And, I mean, we know they've been surveilling uh, people like UFO groups and dissident um, revolutionary types and conspiracy theorists for a long time now. So you know that there's a whole disinfo game. And that's another thing I really got tired of is questioning every source. 
Now, don't get me wrong, it's good to question your sources, but on a certain level, when you get deeply embedded in the conspiracy theory mentality, um, it is a mentality of conjecture. Usually, not always, it is a mentality of conjecture. And we're trying, we can see, just because we can see patterns doesn't mean that uh, we can actually fill in the gaps. It just, and I started realizing that I was looking a lot more at something like evolutionary psychology than I was conspiracy theories. And I got, I didn't, I, I, you know, there's that old saying I think is attributed to Bukowski, you know, find what you love and let it kill you. Well, I'm not going to let conspiracy theories or politicians kill me, not any more than they already have. So I decided to take a step back and um, here I am now, you know, years down the road. I've uh, taken the approach of the existentialist. I think that first and foremost, the only truth we can have is through our own eyes. Um, that doesn't mean that there is an objective truth, but you know, there's there's no one that's going to be able to tell you how or why to live your life except for yourself. And there's no one that's going to have more genuine experiences than you are, because you're the only one that's had. Uh, you, your experiences are the only ones you actually know you know, the behind the scenes of. So I don't understand how you could not be an existentialist, but some people aren't. All right. Let's talk about why I left the vagabond. See, there's certainly no animosity. Uh, there never has been between me or Ryan or anybody on that site. And I don't really keep up with it anymore. It's been a long time since I've kept up with it. Because I just don't keep up uh, with any conspiracy theories in particular anymore. But I remember, I remember back in the day reading, um, you know, all the research material that we had accumulated, you know, just people in general, indie media on uh, Jeffrey Epstein and thinking, God damn, there's no way, <laughs> like this is... You know, people could talk about 9-11 because it happened right out in the open, but uh, there's no way that this is something like this is ever going to be put into the light. And lo and behold, uh, one of the most mind-blowing things that I've seen happen in my time, um, I never, I would have lost a fortune. I would have lost every penny I owned because uh, if I was a betting man, I would have definitely bet on uh, Jeffrey Epstein being a free man to the end of his day and of course he was killed there's no doubt in my mind he was it was definitely not a suicide but again you know i wasn't there i don't know i don't have any stake in the claim and it's not going to affect my life so we'll go we'll get into some more uh theories and whatnot but the why i left the vagabond is uh is a good segue into this all it was a lot to do with trump getting in office and i'm very nonpartisan. you know um Let's go, Brandon, but also uh, not really at all because, <laughs> I mean, if anything, I'm anarchist. Um, and I don't know if that's a good way to be either. It seems like at this point, we probably need some sort of political body. And, you know, this is where uh, this is just going to be. This is just going to be a conversation between me and you, the listener, even if I can't hear you, because I don't have all the answers here. Um, I left the vagabond because. I think that um, all politicians are scum, just by definition. You can't not be interested in politics without being a scumbag. And if you're not a scumbag, just wait. Just fucking wait, because you will become one. I have no doubt in my mind. It's just like Bezos and, and Elon Musk and everybody else. Uh, once you make enough money, you become something... Uh, like you become an offshoot of a human being you become a humanoid and i'm not i'm not trying to dehumanize them because <sighs> that does sound dehumanizing uh, but your brain changes okay i'm not saying they aren't human your brain changes and you become a different kind of human like how a psychopath is still a human being but a way different kind of human and i'm not saying that money automatically makes you a psychopath but I think that uh, once you once you have hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars, um, I don't think there's any way to look at yourself 
as anything like as a common person. And that's why I would, you know, shoot me in the head if I'm ever, you ever see me rolling around in billions. I want to be able to retire and live comfortably, but I don't, I don't need anything more than that. Um, the honest to God, because I think that that much money, especially is poison. I think it's a, it's a scourge. And, and that's, that's what drives politics these days. You can't tell me otherwise. So do you think that uh, the anarchy would be a necessary thing, but uh, lawlessness with the kinds of people that are around today, especially, there have always been sick people, but now there's more all people, including the sick ones, and I don't like those odds. So I don't know. Do we trust the the the, the sick people in power um, that will keep us with a certain amount of commodity so that we can help them keep their power in check, or do we leave it up to shotguns at the front door for protection, like for real, without any any um, uh, judicial system afterward? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I used to think that I wanted shotguns at the door, but I get older and I think that that's not a good idea. <laughs> When I left the Vagabond for all this and because of Trump and Pizzagate, you see, when Pizzagate bumped, oh, it's, the Podesta emails are very interesting in a terrible way. And it's been a long time since I've looked at them, but uh, I, the our opinion at the Vagabond, including my own, was that there was something very fishy and coded in these emails. Um, and it could have been human trafficking, but it probably wasn't. You know, it could have just been uh, bundles of cash for all we know who know it could have been anything uh, but I think uh, there was some weird stuff in a lot of uh, that those rabbit holes um, but there was some demonstrably false stuff that people took as kind of um, a dead ringer you know the 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 bunkers underneath the pizza basement um, but I've always kind of maintained the opinion that there was something fishy about those emails. There was a lot of weird coding. You can't tell me that the White House is ordering $10,000 worth of hot dogs and this and that. It just, I mean, you could go all out on hot dogs and it doesn't need to be $10,000. You fucking kidding me? I'm pretty sure that was an actual example, but I'm I'm just kind of bullshitting here. Um, and so we were looking into it as a website. Um, us three main investigators there were some extra people on board but uh, that were kind of in and out but it was us three Ryan, Tim and I and as more evidence came out the opinion or, yeah the viewpoint that I just expressed with you about the vague relevance of these and the the things that were massively blown out of proportion um, we kind of came to that conclusion as the research came more and more out um and there was for a brief period of time where I still kind of championed is a terrible word, but um, I still kind of you I, I just used the word Pizzagate and I explained it as Pizzagate is sort of this zeitgeist whether and I don't think there was any kids in the basement, but Pizzagate has become this sort of zeitgeist about American active politicians and human trafficking, especially child trafficking. Don't kid yourself. This stuff definitely happens. You know, you could find the details in other places. You know, uh, the the Franklin Boys Town scandal, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. It, it there's a lot going on. Um, but I started to realize how damaging it was. All of a sudden, I started to realize and come in contact with more and more people that were showing the true colors of sort of the uh the the spearhead of the conspiracy theory movement there was a when i was at my most vigorous i told people the conspiracy theorist is a person that is trying to uh just not buy the official narrative uh and, and we're, it's critical thinking um it's not dale gribble from king of the hill <laughs> who's just a great character uh, but then I started to realize by the time that I was using the 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 term Pizzagate, most of it is Dale Gribble. I mean, I knew that they were out there, but I thought I I think I honestly thought that there were more diligent researchers out there, and it was uh, it was disheartening. And, and and in a way, I guess I felt chipped. 
uh, because I started to realize the, the just the jackasses, the people. This is the beginning of QAnon and the absolute travesty that that has become, you know, scarring a nation essentially. Uh, but I got, you know, because while we were researching Pizzagate, um, I was also continuing to write, uh, you know, bits on esotericism and philosophy. And I had this bit about hunting the white rabbit, which was sort of the symbolism for the hero's journey of sort of decoding the projection process, the alchemical projection process of your psyche, you know, sifting through your inner and outer and how they intersect and, and coalesce and and what the outer can tell you about your inner life and vice versa. You know, and the things that I briefly brought up in this episode already. Um, and hunting the white rabbit uh, will get you into all sorts of MK Ultra territory, uh, Project Monarch, which is the, the supposed continuation of MK Ultra. <clears throat> and so someone actually... Um, this is after James Oliphantus went on Fox News and other places, and um, the media was already lashing back uh, at conspiracy theorists for and 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 the dude had come into the pizza place with the with the machine gun and everything, or it was some type of gun, or maybe a shotgun. I can't remember. And someone wrote me an email asking me more about my research into esotericism and. Uh, I wrote them back uh, some, uh, you know, just some some genuine food for thought about Jung and this and that and how I was trying to write a book soon. And they came back at me. Um, it, this person so far off their rocker. And we'd like to think that they're schizophrenic or something. But the truth is, it's far more likely that this was a soccer mom, um, a Karen. <laughs> um and basically, I can't remember the language. I wish I had kept the email, um, but it's gone. I used to have a Proton Mail account, and or I still do. And you used to only have a limited amount, so you just have to cycle through emails to keep it encrypted. So I just deleted that that shit long ago. Uh, and but they were basically convinced that I was some sort of CIA or FBI agent because of the symbol, uh, because of the symbolic language I was using in my writing. How I was trying to like put people under a spell and whatnot. And so I wrote them back an email um, telling them that they were absolutely right, um, that I, that and it, as a matter of fact, I was um, a 33rd degree Mason on top of this. Um, uh, you know, I have family members in the Illuminati and uh, that they needed to sleep with one eye open that night because I was for sure going to send some reptilian goons to their apartment. Or I didn't even say apartment. I kept it vague to to their to their bedroom window. And and I I think I ta I put some more in there too, um, and that was posted on uh, they, they had since they had gotten kicked off of Reddit, they were all on vote now, or at that point V O A T, and I remember getting some traction on the PizzaGate vote forum, you know the same place. A lot less traction than someone like James Alafontis, the pizza place owner. But it was the same people in the same forums. People were like, oh, is the last American vagabond feds? Is this disinformation? Is this guy part of human trafficking? And it was at that point, I wasn't even mad. I, uh, I had lost all faith in the, in the community I was a part of. Um, it just, it truly, I saw it for the joke, the utter fucking joke that conspiracy theorists are and don't get me wrong there's a lot of legitimate conspiracy theories out there and to call them conspiracy theories um does them a disservice because they're just conspiracy facts you know i even if 9-11 um wasn't uh even if our american government wasn't actively um participating in 9-11 uh the attacks of I think there's more than enough uh, financial evidence and otherwise to to prove that they definitely capitalized uh, knowingly on the attacks, like true psychopaths. Uh, you know, so I'm down for some conspiracy theories. We could talk about Monsanto, Monsanto, and um, how pesticides are poisoning us all, um, and 
that shouldn't be a conspiracy theory, but evidently that's up for debate still amongst some people. You know, so you could hear. I know, I know how. If you're a conspiracy theorist out there, I know how you feel. But if you call yourself a conspiracy theorist, you need to stop. We need to stop with the with the group mentality so much, uh, because when you're a Christian, you're the same as or any any religious mentality. Um, you're the same as that that lunatic on the street corner. You know, you in the umbrella aspect, you're towing the weight for them. That's your dead weight. Do you want to be, have anything to do with those people? I don't want to ideologically pull those people as weight, and I because I, I don't want to be associated with them at all. And I want to make a clear distinction that um, I actively disapprove of everything they stand for. That's why I don't even fully call myself a hermeticist. I mean, there's a lot of great hermeticism out there, but Crowley was a bit of a hermeticist too, and Crowley was a fuckface. <laughs> An absolute royal trust fund douchebag. I think he was fairly smart, and he actually had some sort of mystical prowess, but he was such a douche. Don't call yourself a conspiracy theorist because you're towing the dead weight for all those fucking Dale Gribbles out there, and they don't deserve it. They really don't. Just like the politicians don't deserve you um, integrating them so deeply into your daily life, you know, where they become like archetypal figures in your unconscious mind, and you start thinking that you really have some sort of stake in a claim where if you rally with enough people on forums you can change the world it doesn't work like that so i left i left the vagabond and i told ryan um i was a little crass i didn't tell him off but i kind of i think i told off the idea of conspiracy theorists and i told him if i remember correctly i think i put it in some terms like with all due respect, I think we all should reassess this. You know, our motto is question everything, but questioning everything is also the motto of a paranoid schizophrenic. Truly. And it kind of brings us full circle to the whole projection idea. Like, why are we being gravitated towards these conspiracy theories? Well, I'll get into why I was a little more after the break. And we'll talk about the psychological significance. And we'll talk a little bit more about the theories themselves. This is Black Hoodie Alchemy. I am Anthony Tyler. We'll be right back. The evils of economy. Spiritual warfare. We need love to kill the warfare. Yeah. Times of war, spare the bloodshed to kill them all Bloody knife sticking out the kitchen wall Head spinning pistol brawls in broad daylight Bloody sunsets on Christmas Eve, it's all love Forgotten like First Nations histories It's all blood, sweat and mysteries Tears of war left frozen in the winter's breeze It's your sister's cheeks, Mother Earth still Smile upon the children of the humble dirt Stumble work a million lives to torture life Fuck it hurts off the church Colonize the search without seeing work We grow and build, overthrow the masters With a soldier's will, uphold the skill through these battlefields of Babylon The urban stencil Just a place to raise the cattle on Running with shackles on Through hell's decathlons Flooding the castle lawn Beheading the average pawn The savage strong Bend the bows when the arrow's long Put it proper Peep the penny pinch From the pharaoh's pawn The spirit makes the man The man worships the mirror Mirror reflects the eagle The eagle singing the hymn of Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at imdarkwaters.com. For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at IamDarkWaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dogman Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, 
The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dogman Murder and Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dogman, Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at imdarkwaters.com. That's imdarkwaters.com. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard. And they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. back folks you know what it is so i want to talk about why i think the conspiracy theory is relevant today i'm going to put a little bow on some of the points that i made earlier the image of the conspiracy theory like what hume would say about the conspiracy theory well what he said about um the ufo is that it represents some sort of need and posing of a question an existential question um a need for some sort of existential wholeness some cosmic oneness and the question that that poses um in certain cases uh might be as poignant as an unexplainable phenomena could just be a dream could be um a a spiritual dream that you had some sort of deep insight um, could be a beautiful book that you read that gave you deep insight into your life um, could be your bout with sleep paralysis uh, it could be your bout with conspiracy theories so I think conspiracy theories represent people's you know the uh, was it Thoreau that said that um, all people suffer in quiet desperation their entire lives. I'm paraphrasing, but that was it. We're all just dealing, we're all just suffering quietly, knowing that we're slowly dying and that we have much less control over our lives than we would like to think. Obviously, people are looking for the truth, but I think that that's a bit of a low-hanging fruit I think the deeper thing at play here is us dealing with the collective scale of the projection process and coming to terms with that Jungian shadow. You know, what does um, what does projection do? It sort of um, psychologically um, puts you into that alchemical process where we're taking... Um, we're taking the things that are unknown to us and unveiling them, whether it be discovering a new thing, a new relationship to an old thing, or you know, um, desires and emotions that we didn't realize we had until we we stumbled across some things. You know, we stumble across own aspects of our psyche all the time. So that stumbling across those aspects of the psyche, well, those aspects of the psyche are the shadow. Is that which is registered in our existence, in our in our entirety of our consciousness, but not uh, actively present in any of our recall or our conscious activity. And the uh, the 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 journey itself is the the projection process, um, and trying to recognize the projection process as it happens. And once you can recognize it, you can learn to de sort of decode things. You know, you can you can very much um, decode life the same way that uh, you can decode a dream, um, figuratively, of course. You know, let me explain before we talk about conspiracy theories just a little more because I think that this is what people are getting at. 
you know, so if you take a dream, you take the nouns, the important people, places, and things in the dream, and then you write a list, and then you just sort of do a brief free word association, a brief free word association uh, with each of those words. You know, brick house, what does that bring to mind? Strong, red, uh, integral, whatever. Oh, you do that with all of them, and then you read the dream with those contexts instead. You know, you can include mythological, um, esoteric representations. Include those in. Do a little bit of research. See what the, what any sort of mythology says about brick houses. You never know. That's the fun of it. Um, well, you could do that with your life too. So what if we do this with conspiracy theories? I think we would find people desperate, absolutely desperate, uh, not just for just some general philosophical truth, but desperate to, I think at its best, make sure that the world isn't worse off for their children. You know, what if there is a satanic Illuminati cabal? Like, well, that spells doom for the kids, I suppose. Probably wouldn't matter that much because they've been around since the beginning of time or whatever. Um, you know, there's uh, the uh, there's some sort of theory, there's some sort of term for it, like sunken time, where you've you've invested so much time into something that you feel like you can't go back on it just because it would make so much of your life irrelevant. Um, and I think that some people are forced by conspiracy theories, some true and some false, into realizing whether they want to or not that their lives and many of the beliefs they had were irrelevant, right? That's a that's a quintessential aspect of the conspiracy theory. And when people feel burned, they double down in the opposite way because that's what humans do. And in fact, it's the first mistake it's the first like counter mistake you you make every time is once you see something uh that you did wrong or something done wrong to you you do the exact opposite but the exact opposite of almost everything is not going to be good either there's some sort of middle ground you know your parent neglects you you smother your kid none of it's going to work being, but, it, you know, if you're deeply embedded in conspiracy theories right now, you need to take a step back. And because even if these things are true, there's nothing we can do about any of it. Except be the change that you want to see. You know, that was that was something uh, a good takeaway from my time at the Vagabond that still resonates with me. You know, because it wasn't wasn't like that was the first place I had heard it, but that was the place I'd heard it the most. Revolution starts with the self. And that's what conspiracy theories taught me. It's that I was looking for so much uh, change in the world and I wanted uh, to right so many wrongs or just help uh, be a part of it uh, that I realized it was all useless and tainted and diluted until I had the revolution of the self. Until I broke down my walls and my personal rot and 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 my inner political structure the 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 stupid bullshit bureaucratic dynamics that i had with the own forces of my personality like we all do um, it's not like i was anything special you know psychology in many ways and all the archetypes in the brain and the difference you know the um the the fighting of different needs you know do you sleep or eat first or or whatever it's all politics, baby, <laughs> in a way, right? Symbolically, like, that's the politics of the psyche of the, of the individual, the microcosm and macrocosm. And I stepped away from anything to do with politics because I didn't, I, I had the epiphany that everyone's focus, you know, that was part of the disinformation, perhaps evolutionarily, mostly, and then maybe a little bit of like actual governmental disinformation. It was get people invested in conspiracy theories, get people on a constant, endless dangling carrot chase 
so that they never look inward enough to actually really make some change. You know, because if we all looked inward and not just outward constantly, um, I think we might have some more real revolutionaries out there. And that's why we don't, we hardly have any right now. So I, I said to hell with it all. And I haven't looked back since and I'm so thankful. And this is why I have such an aversion to UFOs because it's all of this with aliens involved. Just with a dash of aliens. And I'm so tired of it. If I'm going to talk about anything, whether it be writing or podcasting or whatever... I want to talk about something that I know I can have some sort of experience about. And I can have experience with existentialism because we all can. And the things that I talk about are things that I've lived. And then I've expounded upon in a lot of detail and gone down a whole lot of different tangents through my own research. But it all starts with the things that I've experienced, whether it be the UFOs or um, my engagement with mysticism or conspiracy theories, etc. And if I don't have experience with it, well, that's when guests will come on. And that'll be fun. I'm just realizing now how rough my throat is. Hopefully it sounds sultry. But yeah, I was working all day. And this is the only time I had to record this podcast. So here it is. Um, we're getting closer to the end, though. Uh, you know, I still got some stuff to talk about, so we won't wrap up yet. But let's see what else is there to talk about. I think I kind of, except for this last story that I want to tell, I think I pretty much hit the generalities of everything I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, just the fact that the obvious elephant in the room, that conspiracy theories have become just another way for people to be racist and misogynistic and just hateful. And that's one big takeaway uh, that I had from my time researching and being so involved in the research of conspiracy theories is that extremism is the thing to avoid. And that was sort of when it all came full circle because I realized that the camp of the conspiracy theorist was part of the extremism. It was just another form. And yeah, that was all, those were all the straws that broke my back and I've have been nothing but thankful ever since. I could not be more thankful for saying goodbye to all that fucking bullshit. The revolution of the self, my friends, and that will not be televised either. <laughs> Sorry, it's just low-hanging fruit there. So I hope this was like uh, entertaining or insightful in some ways, and not too droning and uh, preachy. Like I said, there's there's plenty of conspiracy theories out there. Oh, I haven't even talked about QAnon, but you know, who needs to hear about that? It's just it's just tripe. It's just people see things like the Epstein scandal. They see actual cases of satanic cults. Um, and for the record, there are a lot more Christian cults out there, like cults that really subjugate people, not just televangelist assholes, but like real cults. Um there are far more Christian cults out there than there are Satanists. How do you lure people in? You lure people in with their favorite thing, not the thing they fear the most. <laughs> There's far fewer Satanist cults, and they definitely do not run the world. You know, with conspiracy theories, if you want to talk about the Illuminati, it's evolutionary psychology. Everyone is constantly power grabbing. Psychopaths and sociopaths are constantly power grabbing. And when they see other... Th- and, and, they, and they try to... they they try to make it a big pissing contest and they see symbols and they take symbols and they use symbols to try and intimidate. It's all just mimetics and evolutionary psychology. There's no multi-thousand year conspiracy. It's people being inspired consistently by one another because if you want my honest opinion, yeah, there's, again, of course there's conspiracies and some of them might be very old, Uh, Because I don't think it's completely impossible to keep secrets if you systematize it. You can compartmentalize secrets through um, like stratification, whether it be corporate or military. There's certain ways to compartmentalize and keep the truth, at least for a while. But what there isn't a way to do is keep such a concerted effort amongst 
the world's history's most psychopathic and bloodthirsty assholes. Um, there's no way that that they ha they have a concerted effort to rule the planet. That's just not how human beings work. And so you could go into deeper conspiracy lore and say that this is Anunnaki or reptilians. And that's just where I'm just going to have to just stop you there. Because this stuff is not literal. If Do you take any mythology literally? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? Don't take any mythology literally. None of it. None of it is literal. Including the Anunnaki and everything else. So I'm just going to stop you there. Because everything that has been ruling the human race is a human is of the human origin they might be different they might be psychopathic they might be um so loopy with with power and money that their brain has morphed into something humanoid-ish almost but they're human beings they're not aliens and they're not demons in the same way that we are drawn to conspiracy theories, some people, the the upper echelons of 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 history's wealthiest and and most influential, some people are drawn to um, unbridled power and influence, and they will do it at all costs. You know, it's a concerted power grab, and I, it, you know, sure, there's some exchange of symbols, but I mean, we're always exchanging symbols. I think if anything, you should be wary of extremism and priest classes in general and politicians. Punch up, you know, be wary of the people that have power over you in general. Um, don't worry about um, Satanists breaking into your house and abducting your children. It's just not going to do any good. So again, if I rambled off, the Illuminati is the evolutionary propensity for the rich and influential to uh, develop a bloodthirsty craving for more power and influence. And they'll do anything at any cost. Um, but I don't think that people communicate enough, and I certainly don't think that any of these people could trust each other enough to, to have any sort of teamwork ever, anywhere. It's just human psychology. Just look at the basics. It's not possible. And there's a whole lot of evidence to actually suggest that there's definitely no Illuminati thing going on. You know, people piece together interesting parts of history. You take the pyramid texts and the mystery rites, and then you look at Freemasons and how they were inspired by the mystery rites. And you look at how, um, event, you know, that had a great deal to do with the, um, the creation of America. And then you see our politicians are still involved with it to this day. Yeah. I'm not saying that uh, there isn't deep influence. But to say that there's a concerted grab is just ridiculous. It's, uh, there's just not a... Because you can, you can tie so much back to something like the Vatican. And then you could tie so much of something back to the CIA. You could tie so much of something to Russia. Um... You know, where where is the centerpiece? Are they really all just tied to the Illuminati? Are you fucking kidding me? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's 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 a war of supreme factions globally, whether it be something like the Vatican or something like the CIA. And they're, everyone's just competing for power. It's just a constant power grab. No one has any idea what's going on. Are you fucking kidding me? But I got to tell one more story. I'm going to keep it pretty brief because this is the other final straw. That took me out of politics in general. See, I remember I was working at the uh, at Nathan's Vitamin Shop <laughs> back in uh, Eagle River, Alaska, and one of my friends told me, just kind of nonchalantly, that he had met an Iraqi refugee. This was before the refugee crisis. This was like 2014. 2015 tops I think the crisis happened in 2016 um, and I ended up meeting this guy his name was Sliwa but we called him Sam and Sam uh, during the 2001 American touchdown in, uh, on Iraqi soil Sam who was uh, who was uh, an Eastern Orthodox Catholic actually 
at the age of 13, decided to work with the troops that had just touched down. He volunteered to be an interpreter. And eventually, um, after years of service, uh, Sam and his family were targeted by the Taliban. And um, he was given, after some, some shit that he would never talk to me about, uh, some firefight type shit, uh, and his family being hunted, and I don't know all the details, I'm sure horrific, um, he and certain members of his family were given uh, protection in the UN Witness Protection. I never knew his last name or anything because of that. But he was a real nice guy. He was small. He was like 5'4". And um, he kind of talked a bit effeminately. You you immediately thought that you know he might be gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you just pick up on people's vibes. When I met Sam the first time, my friend brought him over. Uh, we smoked some weed. He liked weed. Um, he came over with my two friends. Shout out to Greg and Morgan. And we were in like the downstairs of my uncle's place. I used to live with my great uncle. And this is when I was like 20, 19 maybe. And I remember Sam getting into some heavy, heavy stories. Um, it took a little bit, but I tried to broach the subject of, of what he did in Iraq. And as soon as we start getting into some of his uh, his work for U.S. forces, uh, my uncle comes in. And he's this, you know, my uncle's a good guy. Uh, but he's, shout out to Charles too. This isn't going to be entirely flattering. But, <laughs> but he's just sort of like an Alaskan redneck. Pretty conservative. Into, uh, classic alt-right Dale Gribble guy. Love you, Charles. No way he's ever going to hear this. Um, but, um, I told him, I said, Hey uncle, look, this is, this guy is actually an Iraqi refugee. And my uncle thinking the worst gave this guy this cutting look. He didn't do anything. I said, uncle, this guy, you know, he's good. Don't worry. Um, I could just tell though, it was like, is some sort of suicide bomber in my house? You know, propaganda, paranoia. These, these are people too. Um, uh, and, and it cut Sam to his core. He had to go outside, catch his breath. I could just tell, especially in retrospect, that that look my uncle had given him was the same kind of look that he had seen on some fucked up U.S. soldiers. And I have utmost respect for the genuine soldiers, but soldiers are like cops. You know, there's good ones and bad ones. Um, and Sam had seen both. But, you know, he definitely obviously wasn't an advocate for the Taliban. Uh, he certainly didn't like Hussein. And he thought that uh, America would shape things up a little bit. But what they did was just sort of destroy. Um, Saddam Hussein was not good, but America did not help really rejuvenate, it, rejuvenate things at all around there. And they served to uh, set it back quite a bit in many ways. As described by Sam himself, you know, he talks about how even the pharmacies were down. It was like a Mad Max, just desolate out there. It just total martial law, no public anything when America first touched down. And it sounds very scary. Well, eventually, like I said, he uh, he saw some... Well, before he gets taken um, as a witness, a protected witness by the UN, he told me one story that I'll never forget. And he cried as he told me this. So you know he wasn't lying. And especially, I spent three months with this guy. I saw him quite a bit before he moved further up north in the program. Um, and he, he, his people, he had like lawyers and shit. Uh, like they knew, I, I wrote an article about him for the Vagabond. So there were certain details I know that I can say that aren't going to endanger him. He's, he's not like he's at the top of any lists anyway. Um, but I digress. He said that on you know in Iraq they drive on the other side of the road, and people get you know locals get pissed when they see Americans steamrolling them and you know changing everything and, and also treating them like shit. So some locals would just wait for head-on collisions. They would just play games of chicken, not usually, but some of them. And one guy uh, with his wife and kids in the car was particularly pissed at the Americans and played a game of chicken and 
Sam as a young teenager um, watched the uh, SUV of American soldiers fire a rocket launcher and blow up the car with the the wife and and father and kids. And he saw a lot of things like that. There's there's evil and you know there is corruption in every school of thought. You know, and I definitely um, am not willing to turn a blind eye to um, American corruption. And neither was Sam, uh, but he had to continue to work with them. And he didn't think that they were any better than the Taliban. Um, he, uh, but And he grew to fear the Taliban quite a bit. And so they shuffled him off to Syria where he spent years. Um, and then uh, I think he might have gone to Texas briefly. That was like where he first made it into the U.S. and they gave him options where he could go from there. And uh, and so he chose Alaska and he touched down in Alaska. He climbed up Mount Baldy. Anyone that grew up in Eagle River knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Mount Baldy's this beautiful like world-class hike that's basically was just in the, in the backyards of all of us growing up in the community of Eagle River, Alaska. And so this guy, this Iraqi, he's seen so much shit. He climbs up to the top of Mount Baldy. This is summer. It's like beginning of fall, so it's still warm. And and it doesn't get more than twilight out. And he slits his wrists. And he waits to die up there. But as he's losing more and more blood, he starts to panic. And realize that maybe he's made a mistake. So dude grabs his wrists... You know, like a figure eight type thing, it just to stifle the blood and runs down the mountain and finds help and finds his way to the ER where my friend's mother is one of his nurses. She sees how genuine he is after getting to know him throughout his time recovering in the hospital because he has to stay on the mental health unit for a little bit, make sure he's not suicidal anymore. Um, she says, uh, you could stay with us for a little bit. You know, I have like a 20 year old son, you know, it'll be fine. You know, it's not like I have small children. You come come crash on our couch. And that's how I met him. And, you know, we had a lot of good times. I hung out with him on numerous occasions over the three months that we all knew him. After that first time, I thought my uncle had spooked him and I thought we'd never see him again. Um, I remember one time he came in and... I had a whole table, like a whole fold-out table square uh, of weed that I was legally growing myself in Alaska. And it just blew his mind. He was so excited. And I gave him a free bag of weed. And he was like, man, we would have been beheaded in Iraq for having this. But he loved weed. He smoked hash in Iraq even, like throughout his life. Um, And he said that uh, no one ever had flour. But it was because you know that's bulkier but they, it was fairly easy to find hash in iraq and so that's what they do and so he loved smoking weed man and i loved to get him high it was great i was like it's the least i can do and every time he'd come over i'd get him real stone i'd send him off with some some free weed and he was such a freaking nice guy he didn't even take advantage of it he was one of the most genuine people i've ever met in my life and i felt like i had known him for so much longer he was like a brother this man had grown up on the uh, the other side of the world in completely different culture, and he was just the same kind of person. He had been through so much more shit than I had, and I had been through some shit myself, but nothing compared to him. Uh, and he was just so genuine. He was frustrated with life sometimes, and especially the way other people looked at life. And he felt jaded and robbed in some ways, but he was such a good person. And the last time I saw him, he came by unexpectedly, he almost kind of spooked me a little bit. I didn't expect to see him, but I was real happy to. And then he told me it would be the last time. He said, I'm moving up north. And um, I didn't bother to even try and ask for his number I, because of the witness protection thing. But to this day, I still kind of wish that I did. I should have at least asked, and then he could have said no. And I could have tried to stay in touch with him this whole time. So I missed that guy. And uh, uh, Sam, I hope you're you're living and doing real well out there with your family. I miss you, bud. And uh, I'm going to light the rest of this joint for you right here.
you can't you can't find any of that in a conspiracy theory that's what conspiracy theories miss entirely is the human perspective all the little details you can't find from taking one person's extremist point of view and running with it you can say oh this person knew this person and but then that person was associated with this conspiracy theory and this person was associated with that other conspiracy theory are you kidding me just because these people knew each other doesn't mean they had anything to do with one another on any, on any level other than maybe just being in the same room for a party. But uh, when you look into someone's eyes and you hear the stories, whether it be a terrifying UFO encounter or some terrifying shit in Iraq in a war zone that makes you a United Nations witness uh, protected. We're all the same. Unless you're a psychopath or billionaire, then you're a little different, and I don't trust you. And I, and I don't trust you if you're a politician either. Maybe I'll trust the local mayor. Maybe. Probably not even, though. All right. I think that's it for now. I think I've pretty, uh, you know, that's my time at the Vagabond. That's my time... Getting to know Sam, one of the most important bits of writing I ever did was hanging out with that guy and writing an article for The Vagabond. You can go find it. I'm not going to put it in the show notes um, just because it's an old piece. I want you to go find it. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it, yeah, um, I think that's it. You know, conspiracy theories, they play a role. Uh, but I think that when um, getting invested in any sort of rabbit hole, especially conspiracy theory especially conspiracy theory related, you need to ask yourself, why am I drawn to this? What good could come of this? And when should I start saying no? When do I draw the line and say enough is enough? It's just polluting my mind at that point. So, you know, don't dissuade yourself from conspiracy theories. Research them. It's fun. I still like looking into it sometimes. Don't invest your personality in it. Um, don't invest like your future in it. Or uh, stake your relationships on it, for God's sake. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled because there's creepy shit out there. There are definitely people conspiring on low levels. Um, you know, as I've already conceded to that many times, you know, there are people who collude all the times. But grand Illuminati conspiracy theories and what these sort of overarching ideas like Pizzagate and QAnon. You know, these half-baked, ridiculous ideas, reptilians, um, the the outlandish UFO lore, you know, all of this um, is poison. And and it's, um, in many cases, disinformation. You know, so I leave you with that, you know, don't take my word for anything, just uh, it's food for thought. Um, and, you know, I could be wrong about some things, but, yeah. Um... The world is what you make of it. You know, it's not a prison planet run by overlords. It's run by shitty human beings. And with that, I will sign off for now. Thank you very much for listening. Again, I hope I didn't come across too preachy. I hope my voice wasn't too scratchy. And I hope you dig the music I've been bumping today. This is Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler. Um, this is definitely going to wrap up the Image Of series. We're going to get into some guests next up, and I'm going to hope to have uh, a long line of them. If, if I don't keep them coming, it's for, uh, it's for scheduling reasons. And then I might have to put one or two solos in there, but there's a lot of cool people I want to talk to, a lot of good friends that are well-researched, um, and I want to get into it with them. So hopefully you tune in for those. We'll see you next time. You take Water care out there. The time away. Lines will spray. Rhymes replayed until your mind's decayed. Mind's delayed. Too much pain inherited from out the lives of slaves passed away. Still they struggle survive today. Arms away. Nobody sing along the savage songs the trumpet play. Trump from the West getting jumped. One in the chest. Nobody need to hear the crimes confess. Are they just
Just liars, yes, let them catch a violent death For every time we caught a death over some minor arrest I just put one in the air and wanna caress and just bless From here until the years I got left My hair and beard are overgrown and so unkept Floors are swept, drawers are left for other days Nothing safe, all your time will run away In front of eyes, but lips can't find a words to say What would I say if I found you anyways For centuries I chased you through these lifetimes Calling out your name wherever the light shines And what do I know, heaven I might find on this earth in my lifetime Thoughts I rearranged to see the game In its midst I'll be the same Little kid whose verse could feed the flame Streets was gang, mine was really young We grill them so cold that you could kill them Everywhere we went behind the hill them Honest engine, chronic spilling Out the bottom of nine thinnings Home run, I don't run for no one Go home son, double barrel poems Leaving two in the domes Fluid flows like judo throws We coming quick, live from the hip I know where I belong inside a song Trapped, I sing along I never bring it wrong, I bring it strong Hell spells, I bring it long I lead you on, down this broken road It's on since young with broken nose Torn shirt, bloody soaking clothes Piff, I told control from those I'm ill, or so the story goes A reputation grows, forced in devastation Flows like water through the vegetation Let them hate, grace spirit Need no levitation Earth is heaven's basement These lyrics be the medication, don't let them wasted, exchange the placements in a broken head, thoughts are soaking wet, follow the path the ghosts have led.